1: Welcome to another episode of the Lookout Landing podcast. I am, as ever, your managing editor of Lookout Landing, Kate Pruiser. Joining me today, as ever, is my co-host, the mellifluously voiced, very good-haired, tall, Strong, kind, John and John.
0: Hello, Kate. Thank you for the wonderful dating profile. I, <laughs> I appreciate it immensely. Yes, how exactly. You?
1: Ladies. <laughs> you can...
0: Goodness. No, 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 no. Uh, how are you doing, Kate?
1: Uh, I have been better to be sure. frank. I like to start these things off on a positive note, which is why... I Spent a lot of time singing your praises there, also, <laughs> also because you are, you know, very supportive and good friend of mine. And yeah, things have been a little bit of a struggle. My cat got super attacked yesterday. Jeez. By yeah, do we know
0: by what creature?
1: No, Should, they. Do think we have
0: it... a do we have a posse <laughs> that we can corral? <laughs> uh,
1: apparently, the perp, according to the very kind vet that I talked to, uh-huh. uh, says that it's another cat. So okay. yeah, I'm gonna right. So this I is
0: more th- of a this could be more of like a like a Disney movie of like, you know, the the bully on the block that we, you know, need to find a wise older cat to teach this one some you know, some neat moves and then defeat the mean older cat in sort of a dance off or uh. Some other sort of maybe thing.
1: a Disney movie that's directed by Tarantino. Like you do not see my cat's arm. It's 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 gory in there. A, There's a, <laughs> it'd no be a new you know, direction. Yeah, this is the, <laughs> a gritty Disney reboot of the Fox Indeed. and the Hound.
0: Indeed. Yeah. Allie and AJ instead. <laughs> <Allie> and A. K. forty seven. Oh
1: my gosh. There's like two people out there who are gonna get that joke and appreciate I'm you for it. Very so please <laughs> to them. those of you listening, that the two of you there 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 it's welcome. <laughs> yes, exactly uh, all right so we are a week into the season so mm-hmm. more or less right we are mm-hmm. we are 4 games in and um I, a lot has happened since we last recorded drew smiley went on the dl which sucks mhm Uh, So that happened, and then um, some other not-so-great stuff happened during our our opener at Houston.
0: Indeed. Um, It was an unpleasant uh, opening stretch, (laughs) uh, I think, in ways that we were not expecting, though, which was interesting. You know, we had expected that the pitching staff would struggle, especially in Houston in the, you know, you know peanut box the pine box that they call a stadium down there (laughs) pine box were Um, you
1: going for coffin imagery there on purpose uh, it felt
0: like it (laughs) (laughs) felt like it um and yet you know felix looked good felix gave us a little scare, but felix looked good and he's should be on schedule he says he's on schedule and the mariners say he's on schedule to start again so i don't feel like we need to be too concerned there as long as he looks okay On Saturday, but, um, you know, Iwakuma looked good with his 87-mile-per-hour fastballs. (laughs) God bless him. You know, Paxton looked dominant. The bullpen looked good when they weren't, you know, uh, up through the 13th inning, at which point I don't know really what you can ask of your bullpen. You know, and even then, Chase DeJong, you know, poor guy, did a pretty good job, got weak contact and got a fly ball that literally would have been a fly out at every other baseball stadium, except for, uh, in Houston. So,
1: and shout out to that kid who was super composed after mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. after that tough, tough loss. And you know, what a, <clears throat> what a way to make your MLB debut and have that happen. Yeah, um, in his post, his post game interview, he was, just really focused on hey i made my mlb de- debut how cool is that so i yeah. mean i think that there's a lot of resiliency in him and mm-hmm. uh it's a good that's a good mental place to be sure and i'm definitely looking forward to seeing him at tacoma this year
0: absolutely and um
1: hopefully not up again with us for a while
0: yeah <laughs> Hopefully hopefully the hopefully. the staff will heal to the point that he has the time to continue improving. How about that?
1: Yeah, and we still haven't seen Dylan Overton too, Mm-mm. so we've um we've got that.
0: Absolutely. Well and even that feeds into last night's game where, you know, Ariel Miranda continued, you know, his deal with the FIP <laughs> gods that sure, you can just give up home runs whenever you want. You can walk people occasionally. Uh, you know, I think he's he's on the late Wade LeBlanc uh, plan of <laughs> we're just going to completely neglect how you know your peripherals uh, look and you're just going to narrowly make it through five innings with two runs every time. Uh, so
1: at some point, is it? I mean, with him, it's terrifying because you are kind of waiting for that other shoe to drop as mm-hmm. far as the the peripherals catching up with him, but no. also he has such a limited amount of major league experience. Is there a possibility that he, that he could reset his peripherals in some way?
0: It's certainly, I mean, we've seen that he has, he has that extra gear on his fastball. He has a truly excellent changeup and his sort of slider curveball uh, is not exceptional, but it's, passable I think getting that pitch up to the level that you know you would like to see a third pitch from a starting pitcher be I think would is the next important step for him but um you know there's there's two ways to look at it one is yeah he got lucky you know he gave up two homers three walks and five hits and only gave up two runs the other is he was a lefty going against the um you know lineup of Springer, Altuve, mm. Correa, Gattis, um, and, you know, Beltron, Bregman, etc. Uh, and he only gave up two runs, you know, uh, and there are going to be better, you know, there are going to be better starts for him purely because not every game is going to be started against the team that is as good as the Astros mm-hmm. are. And I think you and I talked about this, you know, while watching these games. If there was, you know, there were a lot of interesting takeaways. I think it's clear that a big takeaway from this is Houston is as good as we thought they would be.
1: I think they're better, honestly, because, mm-hmm. you know, I was terrified of the lineup, obviously, going into the season, but I comforted myself with the idea that <laughs> the pitching might not be that great. and Maybe Keiko mm. isn't Keiko, and oh, Keiko's Keiko Keichel again. Great. <laughs> Um and then maybe the bullpen isn't well, the bullpen is terrifying. I yeah. mean, it is just one, and I knew Davinsky was good. he's kind of been on my radar since last year, mm-hmm. so I'm not surprised to see him just kind of out there dominating. <clears throat> but yeah. wow, that is that is a tough assignment mm-hmm. to face Gregerson uh, <laughs> yeah. Davinsky
0: and Giles and oh, Giles, 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 Giles. Um. Yeah, and well, and I think I think that sort of gets to a point of not only are they very good, but they're sort of a nightmare matchup for the Mariners. You know, uh, their pitching staff is formulated around a series of gu- their starting rotation in particular, a, ser- a series of guys with excellent breaking pitches, and the Mariners have a bunch of hitters who demolish fastballs. And do a really good job on change-ups, too. But other than, I think it was Robinson Cano and Nelson Cruz, none of the Mariners hitters really did anything positive last year against curveballs uh, or sliders. And Gene Segura, one of the reasons, you know, I've written about this and we've talked about this, but one of the things that I love about him, and I think everyone saw, even just in that series, is He has historically been a great hitter of off speed pitches, and he had a lot of success this series, and the rest of the Mariners did not. And I think that's, you know, part of that is just bad swings, not great at bats, but a lot of that is they're just very poorly matched to beat the Astros, and there are not many teams in the league, thankfully, with a pitching staff as specifically targeted against the Mariners as they are. Yeah,
1: it feels a little bit like a a cruel joke in some ways. (laughs) But to get back to Segura, um, I am prepared to just declare the trade a win at this point. (laughs) 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 I mean how much if only for the very fantastic shot we got of him kind of reclining <laughs> I was say, that
0: that could be that is in the running for a new you know if we ever if the lookout landing logo ever changes that is a <laughs> solid outline uh you know i i don't i don't see sexton leaving ever you know or in the near future but man that is a fantastic image uh,
1: Already, I mean, I knew he was going to provide some highly gifable moments,
0: <laughs>
1: but uh, that was just to have that right off the bat. Mm. And then, I mean, I do we win that game without him last night? The one game that we managed to take out of the series? <laughs> uh, and he tried to help us win the other one, too. They to just <clears throat> kind of gave it away there.
0: For sure. No, it was it was encouraging to see, I mean, you know, a lot of these things, you know, you don't see much stabilization at, you know, this stage in, in the season. Um, but it's, it's pleasant to see some of the traits that we looked at this off season and said, this should be good. This is what this person should be able to do. Um, you know, actualize, you know, it's good to see Segura making contact at a, extremely high rate and being really good at hitting off speed pitches it's really nice to see Haniger get on base at an extremely high rate you know having uh, an on base percentage currently 200 points higher than his <laughs> batting average which on the one hand not a fantastic batting average obviously but that's the whole point right that, that you don't need to actually hit that often uh, if you have that plate discipline um, and you know Seeing Dyson, you know, sh- showcase his extraordinary lack of power, yes, but also <laughs> showcase that all he needs is a little bit of space to get on base, and he's going to, you know, turn a line drive, like a casual line drive to right field into a double, you know, like he did in the first game, I think, um, in mm-hmm. the ninth inning, and, you know, he'll get from first to third he'll take an extra base you know sagura stole a base hanniger stole a base um and so those those sorts of positives that we talked about were really exciting to see
1: it is really fun to watch dyson fly around the bases and it is equally fun if not maybe more so to watch him glide around left field absolutely and oh my gosh that outfield just <laughs> It's it, a good it, start. It's only going to look better, right, when mm-hmm. they're outside of that teeny tiny little mm-hmm. nightmare stadium.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So, obviously, we, we've spoken a lot about things that are good or things that we got by on. Um, what what were some of the things that most worried you uh, so far out of, out of this, this initial series and, and looking forward? Is there a single player? <sighs> Is there a general activity that, that's got you down
1: um i am really depressed about the inability to string together just like two hits in a row <laughs> just like just didn't or, happen or much, even huh? two base runners in a mm. row and then when we did get the bases full i mean it was shades of those 2015 mariners who would or even i think we had this problem in 2016 too. load up the bases and then a oh, fart noise yeah <laughs> <laughs> right like yeah. that was that the, was really hard to watch
0: the shift in the order from uh, you have the top of the order that is very solid at you know Segura makes a lot of contact Haniger, you know gets on base a lot obviously you know Cano Cruz and Seeger well Cano and Cruz did not look good in, at all and... Oh my
1: God, Cruz looked terrible. Yeah. I just—I keep and... telling myself it's gonna—you know—it's <laughs> gonna even out. But man, I was so high on him after just watching him rake in the WBC and in spring yeah. training to some. And, oh, he's got this power swing, and he's just gonna. Cru- I can't believe he didn't crush anything out of that dumb little stadium. Yeah. He just chased so many bad balls.
0: Yeah, and I think that that will come. You know, we we've seen them be successful for long enough that I I think we they deserve the benefit of the doubt um, perhaps more so than Danny Valencia oh man Um, he
1: talk about some bad at bats he had some really really rough at bats
0: yeah and I think you know again one of the things you know I would say my biggest concern was Valencia because you know hitting with runners in scoring position hitting you know cluster, luck, those sorts of things. That sorts itself out. Um, Valencia's swing looks bad. And and not in the just the, like, oh, he's being fooled kind of way. He's got this weird kick-out that he's doing at the end of each swing um, with his back leg that... I went back and looked at film of his 2014 and 2015 and 2016, and I'd never seen him do that really before, so I don't know if that's a conscious thing or or if if that's just happened a few times but um, especially since the team wants to give Daniel Vogelbach time to uh, get fully right whatever that may mean Um,
1: I wonder if they're trying to put I'm sorry this is just an aside but I wonder if they're trying to put Vogelbach a little bit on the Paxton you gotta earn your way back and have it mean something and Mm -hmm. Um, that and the Zunino as well. That pathway, and I think I even saw that referenced a couple of times when I was in Tacoma, watching batting practice. Vogelbach mm-hmm. was hitting angry. He mm-hmm. was just stinging. And I mean, this was a super casual. Everybody just me. It's media mm-hmm. day, goofing mm-hmm. around. And Vogelbach is in there making baseballs regret their existence.
0: <laughs> well, and and he needs to watch his spot because uh, there's a long haired. Uh you know slylock fox coming for him from the outfield <laughs> isn't it
1: that but, is true I also saw Ben Gamel getting some reps at first base which was <laughs> I don't know if it was just a batting practice thing or what it was if they're trying to make Ben Gamel into a utility play I have no idea but uh, it, it was in, it was strange
0: intriguing to be sure
1: Definitely, but yeah, I think uh, I was really disappointed that um, Tacoma was rained out last night. I'm so curious to watch the Rainiers, mm-hmm. and I think if I'm just very interested to see what Vogelbach does and how soon. I think he definitely is going to be back with us, but how soon does that happen? Hmm.
0: It it I think Valencia can't continue to be as, as rough as he has, and, you know, I say that in a, in can't, meaning the <laughs> mathematical sense, not in a physical sense, because yeah, he really could, I suppose. <laughs> if he re- if he keeps swinging like the way he does, it's not going to improve. But, um, you know I suspect he will still figure it out, um, at least to some degree. Uh, and if they really need it, you know, they're they can bring up DJ Peterson. They can bring up, uh, you know, Vogelbach. Or if they, you know, want to, they can look for someone in free agency. They, you know, are a few hitters around veterans, you know, James Loney, or uh, you know, a variety of sort of aging first basemen that you can plug in, but. That would be, I think, a little bit reactionary at this point. Oh, definitely. Uh, to, to, and oh, also I mean, certainly at this point. But I, I think in within by the end of the month, we'll have a good sense of whether this is an issue or whether it's just a bad first week.
1: Let's also point out, though, that um, there are not a lot of first basemen in the league who handle that double play ball off the bat of Altuve that got mm-hmm. Miranda out of a bases loaded jam mm. uh, which such a smart just such a smart all around play with Seeger scooping getting the force mm-hmm. at home and then that quick relay to Valencia it is really nice to have an athletic <laughs> semi-athletic that was baseman.
0: the jankiest looking double play <laughs> I have seen in a while <laughs> See, like bob, like first off Miranda throws a extraordinary change up and and Altuve who looked awful really this entire series one of the only you know things I think we can feel really fortunate about (laughs) that series but um, you know he was kept off balance with a lot of good low off speed but um, you know Seager double clutches lasers to Ruiz Ruiz is standing goofy footed on the plate for some reason Uh, has to fully rotate fires a ball that may, probably is over the head of a lot of first baseman. Valencia, you know, uses the bag like a diving board <laughs> to bounce up <laughs> into the air and snag it. And Altuve thankfully fell out of the batter's box. Like, yes. this is <laughs> None of <laughs> this that happens li- without Altuve falling mm,
1: out of the batter's yeah, box. Yeah, uh,
0: you know, it's 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 a razor's edge there that they're lived on. And, and you know, obviously they won by a couple of runs, so you can look back and say, well, we could have still gotten out of, it. but, um, you know, the, it, that was one of those points where, where it's like, we look back on this game like, oh, how nice, but, um, you know, there was a lot of, just just as much as there was playing with fire by the Mariners, you know, there was playing, you know, the Astros played with fire, and in fairness the Astros I think also were something like three or four for 25 with runners in scoring position so
1: well a huge part of that was the dominance of the bullpen who we should maybe Mm -hmm. I know that we're sort of talking about things that we're concerned about um but oh boy can't be too concerned about the bullpen because they just I feel a lot better about our the health of our pitching rotation with mm -hmm. having seen pretty much every member of that bullpen And I must apologize to Casey Fiend, who I did not think was Fiend, but (laughs) turns out to be Fiend.
0: Indeed. Well, and he's. he's, I think an encouraging thing was also seeing, even in that 13 inning game, you know, the. the, Well, and and really all serious. We saw multiple guys go multiple innings, which Mm -hmm. you don't want to see a lot. Um, But we saw. Villa, I think, went two innings and and was uh, fine. Was was lights out uh, in one of the one of the games. Edwin Diaz went two innings; was his usual brilliant self. James Pazos last night was oh boy. excellent, uh, and you know looked exactly like the guy that you know he can be if he's got a general idea of where the ball's going. Which- uh,
1: can we say too like lately and I mean I really started noticing this towards the end of spring training but after he came in at, towards the beginning of spring training and it was just crazy wild all over the place I was like I hate this trade I continue to hate this trade I know why we made that trade but Latell looked so good and this is he is so wild but then it just seemed to creep towards getting better and better and better
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I, I think he I think his command has improved every time I've seen him
0: it's It's been really nice to see, and uh I think having him as a lefty who doesn't is not limited by uh splits by you know handedness splits uh is a really wonderful element for them to have um his k numbers are outrageous uh, <laughs> to say the least and uh he seems to be picking up right there so if what he do you can...
1: do you have any theories about what that increased command like what what do you think is going on with him
0: um, I haven't watched him enough in terms of looking back this season at his motion versus in years past, but when we first acquired him, you know, this was a guy who had a uh, El Duque leg kick <laughs> when he was in college, and he has been slowly working at every stage of his progression into a more traditional uh, motion um so you can watch his motion you know there are clips of him from uh early minors where he still has this herky-jerky kind of motion and he's very sidearm and that slider is just as devastating mm. but it's going anywhere <laughs> um and you know you can see him in triple a with the yankees and in the majors with the yankees and it's a little more composed a little more composed so i think it seems when I watch him, he doesn't look anything, I, nothing stands out, which uh, sounds like a cop-out a little bit, but compared to his previous motions and previous iterations of his motions, where it was like, you would watch him and you'd say, that is a huge guy with <laughs> 18 <laughs> different parts of his body going different directions, and now it's like, oh, this guy looks like a pitcher, and wow, does he throw hard, and yeah. wow, does that you know, sink or move, and oh, that slider is, is unfair. How tall is uh, he's a big guy. Um, I want to say he's a little bit over uh, six foot. He is uh, six two. Yeah, he's six two two thirty five. So as a big, big man. That's uh, a lot
1: of downward plane coming at you.
0: Yeah, um, and a lot of frown frownward plane. <laughs> um, he, he's
1: a slightly less tall wall. Slightly less tall wall. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: I just I don't understand what it is about being named James Pa or James Pa on this <laughs> team that makes you incapable of smiling. But, and left-handed. Indeed, and. and large. Absolutely dirty. <laughs> uh, yeah, but. Maybe that's
1: it. Maybe so. it's the. Maybe it's just being in proximity to the other James Pa. He he got some <laughs> of that James Pa power. Well, we,
0: we talked about that when we first acquired him because he was such a strange acquisition uh, just in terms of what the stated mentality had been for this organization, right? Is that, mm-hmm. oh, we're going to find guys who throw lots of strikes, who control the zone, etc., etc. et um, And, you know, even, even the electric players that we've had, you know, Alta Villa and... Uh, Diaz you know these are guys who have had extremely low walk rates their entire careers and have continued to do that and Pazos was the guy who really you know his biggest issue was he would strike out 10 guys a game and walk five or (laughs) so. you know it's like um and I think it seems likely that they saw something in his motion that they thought Oh, we can fix this, or oh, you know, this is this is something we can work with, Uh, which is very much what they did with James Paxton. You know, they James Paxton was this elite pitcher who never could fully access his talent because he was unable to locate the ball. And last year we saw him come back, and suddenly he's throwing the ball in the strike zone the same amount as Hisashi Iwakuma, (laughs) and he's one of the best pitchers in the American League, and. Uh, if, if there is a similar adjustment that they were able to make with Pazos, uh, and you know, this is very speculative, obviously, but, um, it, it doesn't feel like that large of a leap to say that they saw uh, a similar adjustment that they could make. And so far, you know, since he's been in American uniform, uh, it, it seems like his improvements, uh, has, has been a success, um or is has been su- it has been successful so far how about that we need to see more of that but it's exciting to have him uh already performing at the major league level because i thought he was going to be in triple a to start the season
1: oh for sure i thought that so yeah. that's
0: yeah an unexpected
1: um, an unexpected boon
0: absolutely um, so do you have any other thoughts on the Houston series, uh, before we take a break and then go to some Twitter questions?
1: Um, I think I don't want to let them off the hook too easily because <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. Um, Absolutely. Cause as it, as it's been pointed out, yeah, sure. It was annoying that, uh, a lot of those balls hit out wouldn't have been home runs at other ballparks, but we had equal mm-hmm. opportunity to, to do that, right? So, very much so. I mean, the Mariners played in the same stadium.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I do think sort of examining what you, what you pointed out about how the Mariners are not very good at hitting breaking balls, and Houston mm-hmm. happens to have a staff that throws a ton of them, really yeah. good ones, yeah. and then that sort of combined with Oh, man, Springer and his, I think his WRC plus is like 300 right now.
0: <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, yeah. like 296. Top I think 10 said. in all
1: of baseball. I mean, he might have had a, a hot series. He might be on his way to a career year. But um, what's terrifying about him is he's sort of like, I always thought of him as a huge strikeout guy who would just mm-hmm. chase anything. But he really showed some scary plate discipline mm-hmm. in that in that game and was able to really punish some I mean the pitch Miranda made to him was really bad sure just that was a flat-out bad pitch but um Mm -hmm. yeah he he really put together some smart at bats which is Mm -hmm. annoying incredibly annoying so I think oh go ahead
0: just your your point about the way that these teams are constructed the Mariners we think and and you know, the, this organization is betting on, are perfectly constructed, or as perfectly as they could make it, constructed to succeed in Safeco. The Astros are perfectly constructed to succeed in Minute Made Park. They have a bunch of righty power hitters that can just flick fly balls into the yeah. Crawford boxes, and it's tough to beat them when you have a bunch of pitchers who are centered around getting contact and getting fly balls. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, uh, that's going to be a challenge. And so it is frustrating that we started one and three. It is frustrating that we had so many opportunities to score. Uh, You know, I think we had three, four different times this series where we had the bases loaded with nobody out and got one run each time, you know, uh, that's awful. And, and that isn't, you know, you don't... You're not going to be a competitive team. You're not going to be a playoff team if you're doing that. It's just that simple. Um, and, you know, these are also... You know, th- the the hitters that have been struggling are good hitters. You know, we... If if Robinson Cano is not a good hitter anymore, this team isn't going to go to the playoffs. Like, I don't know <laughs> what to say. Like, Robinson Cano and Nelson Cruz aren't good, like, that's sort of the game. Like... You know, if our good players aren't good, like, you know, I, you know, we can, we, you know, we love Mitch Hanniger, We, you know, we're very optimistic about Gene Segura. Ariel Miranda could be just as good as Drew Smiley. It's not going to make much of a difference if Robinson Cano and Nelson Cruz uh, aren't good. So, you know, I think, I don't, I think I agree with you. Like, we're obviously very optimistic about it, but only, you know, we we recognize that this isn't going to cut it there's just you know there there are ways to get around some issues on this roster if the best players on our team aren't good there's, there's no way to get around yeah you know, there's just not there's nothing to be done so which um,
1: luckily is as far as outcomes go is it probable that they'll regress some yes is it probable that they will just i don't know get bonked on the head with flower pots and forget how to hit entirely i no so mhm It'll it'll come around, but it, it was certainly hard to watch. I'll be really interested to see when they come to our house how mm-hmm. Houston stacks up against us in our own ballpark. Because I think that'll give us a better idea of the true talent measure of this team.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree.
1: All right. Well, that seems like a good place to maybe take a little break. And when we come back, we will answer your Twitter questions. Sounds good. Great, now's the time in the show where we answer your Twitter questions. So thank you very much to those of you who submitted them. And uh, what have we got this week, John?
0: Uh, we've got an excellent crop here, uh, starting with the, the most important question. I don't know if anyone, uh, especially if you're on Twitter, you almost certainly saw this. If not, perhaps it slipped by you. Uh, but an excellent question from Henry. At the boy Henry J on Twitter, will the grasshoppers actually be good? Now, in case you missed this spectacular development, uh, Safeco Field has announced a series of new uh, food services that they will be doing. Um, a lot of it looks excellent. Kate, I know you were pointing out something about frozen
1: Ritas, or... Ritas Italian Ice. Yes, I used to eat it all the time in Philadelphia. Super refreshing. It's like if Sometimes ice cream is not super refreshing to me on a hot day, but mm. water ice is, or as you call it in Philadelphia, water ice.
0: Which... <laughs> so, on a scale, so like, how is it almost as good as Dippin' Dots? Is it like nearly Dippin' Dots? Is it not quite Dippin' Dots? How wh- what's the what's the scale? Here? I've
1: never had Dippin' Dots because what? the idea repulses me. <laughs> what disgusting! How have you been to a Mariners game
0: and not had to just like? Purely out of fascination, eat some dipping dots
1: well i'm not I'm certainly not spending my own money on the dump dumpin dots I just call them dump dots d- d- right, well <laughs> good, good, good this is good
0: An excellent start anyways, the point is uh among the offerings is uh toasted grasshoppers. What is the uh, word
1: for it? There's like a Spanish word for it because they're going to be in Edgar's cantina. Ch- um, I want to say chicharrones, but that's not right. It's
0: mm, let's see. Like pork
1: rinds. Uh I'm
0: not I'm I'm not entirely certain. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, this is they some great are Oaxacan, here. they're Oaxacan grasshoppers, which I don't think is particularly the term, but They do look kind of delicious, to be honest. Uh, They kind of look like crawfish, and I'm pretty excited about it. Um, I think you can get them... They're $4 for a bowl, uh, which is not bad at all. Tossed in chili lime salt. Uh, You sound less than enthused, Kate. I I can't tell. or Or is that an intake, a sharp intake of breath of excitement?
1: No, that's... You know, that's me trying to, like... Uh, I subscribe to Cooking Light magazine, which is a great sure. resource for making healthy food, mm-hmm. and they have been pushing cricket flour for a while. And it's like one of those things where it's no. just, it just <laughs> hey, doesn't hold ap- on. Wait, cricket flour? Yeah, flour made from like ground up crickets.
0: Sure. The, okay. Like, <laughs> if I take like a a chair and grind it up, do I have chair flour? <laughs> like. That's not a thing. I don't think this is how it works. <laughs> when you cremate a body, that's oh not, then, God. like, human flower. Oh this is not God. how it works. You can't... Flour is from specific things, Kate. We have rules in our society. In our cosmic existence, there are clear guidelines. And... Crickets are not flour.
1: Well, I'm. I take it up with the fine people at Cooking Light, but I, for... I
0: may write a strongly worded letter
1: <laughs> for some reason. Cricket flour is something that I'm like, I could probably get behind that, but I just found out they're chapulines. Okay, chapulines, uh, the just the bowl, like the, the thrifty side of me appreciates the four dollar price tag. The mm-hmm. ecologically conscious side of me appreciates that um, very much. This is kind of where our food, uh, as you know, uh, usable land shrinks, and um, mm-hmm. we ca- we move away from like an animal-based diet towards a more plant-based diet. It's mm-hmm. a very cheap source of protein. I know that they're eaten all over the world. I want to get behind it so badly, but every time I see it, I just think legs. <laughs>
0: Um, I think they're going to be delicious. Uh, I am, I've already made a deal with, uh, our, one of our fellow, uh, writers in new intern, Adam Gresh, that we're going to split a bowl of them, uh, on opening day. So Henry, I think they're going to be great. Uh, and if you are at a game and I see you, uh, I will happily share uh, a few of them with you.
1: I will try one but i don't like crawfish either because of it's a, it's a legs thing it's legs legs i can't
0: i'm not saying it's not gross but that could be crunchy that's a crunchy snack and <laughs> i look forward to it. Mm, love a good exoskeleton you know all, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's move all on right. <laughs> next question from alex on at alex on od uh why am i nervous and also would you move hanager down the lineup to ease the pressure on him
1: Let me just pull an answer to why am I nervous out of my cards of humanity deck, cards against humanity deck. Excellent. Uh, We're all nervous. I mean, you don't want to start the season one and three. You don't want to start the season with your big boppers not bopping bigly. Mm -hmm. You. I mean, of course, of course.
0: I believe Plato said that. (laughs) Um. Yeah. (laughs) There's there's plenty to be worried about. You know felix looking good and then getting hurt uh even if it appears to be in an extremely minor and non-long-term way just none of that inspired confidence Mm -hmm. uh and i think seeing you know we have flashbacks to the to the dark years of 2010 through 2013 where the offense just looked miserable and um you know Th- seeing the pitching staff come you know have four th- three well four great starts three of which essentially were wasted you know that's that's nerve-wracking but i think the as, as you said the big boppers are going to bop uh and if they don't then we're screwed S- anyway so <laughs> exactly. you know so so i i don't know i i'm i guess i'm not concerned about that just because there were so many different decisions that we could have made or could not have made and like you know it, we this is going to be a team that needs Robinson Cano to be good and that if he's not that's kind of you know w- all of the rest of the stuff that we're worrying about is is pointless so it, it's 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 the the lack of any any alternatives in that way uh, make it less stressful to me, I guess, because it's so completely it, more than all of this is out of our control. That, in particular, is out of anyone's control. All right. Um, would you move Haniger down the lineup to ease the pressure on him? Sorry, I went off on a bit, and we missed the second part of that. That's question.
1: all right. I was just—I was trying to hold that in my mind so I wouldn't forget it. But mm-hmm. um, no, I think that they're pretty. I, I think they're pretty committed to. Hanegar, you are the dude. So Mm -hmm. I I had many people in my mentions on Monday night Mm -hmm. asking why we did not pinch hit for Hanniger, which of course leads me to the question, uh, who? With who? Who? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I mean, I'm as big of a Taylor Motter fan as anyone, but that's kind of a tough ask. For sure. Uh, And
0: and this ties in, actually, to our next question from Brian DeGry at Brian uh, D 85, uh, which was, wasn't there a time where it was an option of Dyson hitting first and Segura hitting second or vice versa. So sort of the, the top of the order obviously has changed a little bit at the end of, uh, at the end of spring training. And that is an interesting, uh, point there.
1: I think that they just, uh, with Dyson's potential health concerns with the legs and, um, He just doesn't have a ton of pop in the bat. You can see Mm -hmm. he's going to hit one every so often, but he's not not the dependable source of power slash uh, ability to take a walk that I think Hanegar offers.
0: Yeah, Uh, I I agree. I think I know the initial reasoning was that Dyson had a little stretch where he was feeling, I think, a little bit tired. His legs were just a little bit, I think maybe sore from over exertion after the off season or w- whatever it may have been. So they gave him a little bit of time off and they decided to start him out lower in the order as a result. Um, but I agree sort of, as you said, Dyson has elite speed, um, but he generally isn't an extraordinary on base percentage guy. You know, he's a, he's a fine hitter, but he's, but he's, always going to be below average he's been a below average hitter his entire career um and his value comes from when he gets on the bases and when he uh is in the outfield and so i actually love him at the bottom of the order where if he gets on base he can steal a base when gene segura is up or he can get from first to third on a gene segura Mm -hmm. single um you know segura being our best contact hitter um so I think that's actually a really great you know I really fantastic turn around of the order uh and Haniger has a little more pop, yeah and he also generally has a better on base percentage uh I think it's also
1: really fun to have him as a spark at the bottom of the line lineup as you were saying like mm-hmm. at, if he does get on base because one person that I didn't give any uh negativity towards uh mm-hmm. but really looked rough this season or this series stretch uh was leonis martin Just yeah wow some really really bad at bats i don't he know looked if he's bad
0: and he, and he looked frustrated yeah. and understandably oh, well he threw frustrated bad
1: into the ground mm-hmm. and broke it
0: yeah and you know some of that was you know he had a couple he had a i think at least one maybe two line drives that were hard that were right at people but he looked bad and yeah he won't look that bad the entire time, but especially if he is more the Leonis Martin from the later half of the season and less the one that uh, he was before he was hurt last year, um, it's going to be important to have Dyson, uh, yeah. you know, to have, to have people who are getting on base and not striking out all the time. Uh, and I think. Dyson being on base in front of Segura there is, is a nice thing. Um, our next questions, series of questions, come from Whiskey Rick at Whiskey Rick on Twitter. Uh, and he... You have poses, to read these in
1: a Scottish accent because Rick is... Ricky's
0: oh, Scottish. Good lord. Well, <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, m- <laughs> whiskey. Because uh, I mix up Scottish and pirate and... <laughs> <Jenna>. <laughs> Uh, Why are the cr- nope? That's Irish. Uh, why are the Crawford boxes a thing?
1: That's definitely pirate. It
0: it could be. It could be.
1: Okay, that's Jamaica. why.
0: Why are the why are the Crawford boxes a thing? That,
1: that sounds, seems a little better. Thank uh, you. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> the Crawford boxes are a thing because life is pain. Uh, uh,
0: I. Do you know the history of the Crawford boxes, I, or why they are an important thing, or anything about them?
1: I don't, and for a long time I was calling them the Crawfish boxes.
0: Right, after the SBN site.
1: No, I just called them that before oh, I that even knew.
0: Just, you, just <laughs> you, you, you had a predetermined... Uh, excellent
1: yeah well they're named that because they're parallel to Crawford Street which is an appropriately banal explanation sure, for an appropriately great. banal stadium
0: love it love it um, I, I here's what I will say I love quirky stadiums um, I my dad grew up telling me stories about going to see games at the polo grounds and you know the 260 foot foul lines with 480 feet in center field and just nonsense nonsense Um, well you know it's like you look at home run numbers from back then and then you remember that half of the fields were like 280 feet down you know half you know down the lines and it's like oh okay jimmy fox cool (laughs) like uh you were swinging a 50 pound you know a 50 ounce bat and just sticking you know hitting pop-ups like sweet but um I, I hate that they are such a detriment to the Mariners in how they're constructed um, but I love erratically constructed stadiums and one of my favorite things about baseball is that there is no uniformity to how fields are designed um, and that it is sort of this built-in expression of personality um, you know the the ivy on the on the walls and the big monster or the green monster the big monster you know um but uh just all of these different things are things that i love about baseball so yeah i hate when george springer pops a ball up into them but i don't know where do you stand on the crawfish crawford boxes (laughs) dang it and and erratic stadium
1: you know i love things that are quirky i just Mm -hmm. Hate everything about having to go to Texas and play there and the Astros so and you mm. know it's 37 bucks to sit out there that's that's so How much money that? for an outfield seat wow. 37
0: it is I mean it is interesting that you could I guess if you sat on the far left side you could catch a ball I've wondered about this has there ever been a ball that flew over the Crawford boxes but then landed in play like landed like hit that wall that's behind it cuz they jut out at slightly uh, like mm-hmm. slightly diagonal angle right so yep. you could theoretically hit a ball that if you hit it a little bit softer would have been a homer but ends up being a double because
1: it bounces off the dumb wall. Because it goes too far. Yeah, because c- you hit it too
0: far, and it went over the cr- over the edge of the stands and into fair play again. Like that's there's no. I don't think there's anywhere else in. My baseball guess where is, that's isn't the case, there
1: so. the stripe? I think there's a stripe. So if it goes over the stripe, doesn't it? Uh, I, know, I mean, yes, that's the case
0: but I don't, I don't, I don't think they have maybe I don't, know. I
1: don't know can i also point out that if you sit in the crawford boxes apparently you get a gift and you catch a home run you get a gift certificate to uh rainforest cafe because that seems appropriately oh, horribly god, <laughs> god houston all right we're
0: <laughs> um yeah all, well, right. I, all right next question from yes. Whiskerick: will nelson cruz ever make contact again
1: are oh, you getting better
0: uh, uh, and yeah. yes, I did a I mean, I had a D and D campaign with a friend of mine who <laughs> is Scottish and insisted on speaking in a Scottish accent. So I'm harking back to that, that mm-hmm. very good, interesting experience. So. Uh,
1: yes, yes, yes. That next question.
0: He'll be fine. <laughs> uh, who possesses the more dashingly handsome smile, Cano or Segura? Oh,
1: that's. I mean, it's got to be Cano. Nobody see, nobody yeah. has as beautiful a smile as, as Robbie does. There's something about when Robinson Cano smiles that, like, it just feels like it should be accompanied with, mm. like, a tiny cherubim on either side of his face.
0: I see, but I think Segura, that's the difference, because Segura is the cherubim. <laughs> I think Segura is both cherubim. Like, his, his smile is just this, like, playful, he's like a puck yes, kind of yeah. character. whereas like Very uh, impish. Yeah, um, Cano is... The hero. Exactly. Cano, yeah. Cano's the, the suave hero and Segura is the, the lovable trickster. Mm-hmm. The the Peter Pan kind of uh, joy. So, uh, I think that that would be... I'm glad we're on the same page Oh, there. definitely. Alright, Neil Posner at NJ Posner asks, Is there a worse city in the United States than Houston?
1: I mean... There's probably another town in Texas that can take that. (laughs) Texas sucks. Um, Have you ever been to Houston? Yes, but only just kind of through it. I can't remember if I was just going through... I can't remember if it was in a car or in a plane that I went through it. But it is an endless stretch of just kind of dry and gray. (laughs) It's like concrete and then just like... nothingness so
0: i'm glad to hear you say that because uh, so i have two i have one positive about houston which is that it's where scarface is from and he is one of my favorite musical artists so i can't hate it too much (laughs) however uh the only memory of the only time i've been to houston was when i was very young and we were flying there i think we had a layover on our way to florida to visit grandparents and I remember landing there after growing up in Seattle, and I was six years old, and I did not understand where the trees were, <laughs> because everything was brown and yellow and death and dying, and it was there was no shade. And I didn't understand why there wasn't any shade, uh, so maybe there is, but not one I've been to, even briefly.
1: Yeah, Oklahoma is not a great state. I will say that Oklahoma <laughs> is is really boring. But Oklahoma yeah. at least has like some hills, some interest. Texas is just flat. Oh, so, sure. Incon- right. inconclusive. Oh. But we are strongly <laughs> leaning towards yes. It's
0: a, it's a strong hypothesis. Um, all right, our final set of questions here uh, from Bevel Apologist at PA. Or P Alexif uh, Peter I Peter, believe Peter. Uh, two questions still One,
1: stuck in the Seahawks season I indeed, see Peter. Indeed.
0: he does need a lot of apologies <laughs> uh, what do you think the Mariners record will be at the end of April that is our first our first task here mm. and uh, I don't know that I mean it's it's tough i mean they've obviously not started out very well they have a pretty tough slate honestly uh you know with seven games against houston three games against texas and they end april with a three-game series against cleveland um the only teams that The only team that you look at and say that team's supposed to not be very good this year is oakland in a four-game series and they're not even at home so
1: yeah and uh, oakland is sneakily good
0: yeah they're obnoxious Uh, they
1: are so obnoxious ryan healy is obnoxious although i've been saying for a long time that i think he's good and Mm. was shouted down by smart baseball people (laughs) this is i'm definitely talking about zach sanders <laughs> i was gonna say you're, you're <laughs> sub potting i'm sub potting sanders. zach sanders
0: uh, yeah uh, he's he's a, i think a obnoxious hitter that's gonna hit he's gonna take chris davis's mantle except chris davis is still there so yeah they're just gonna be obnoxious together i mean
1: it's hard to say but i think i think we match up okay against uh los angeles uh-huh. um we also miss Garrett Richards and Tyler Skaggs who got lit up anyway. so I think two out of three is possible there um I think Houston's gonna be tough again. I think we'd be lucky to get two there yep uh Texas hasn't looked great out of the gate here
0: yeah and they're still down half their pitching staff yeah so it's it would be it's nice to get a little bit of a chance to jump on them early um along with la.
1: I think we I think the only real good potential for a sweep on the schedule is miami. Mm-hmm. I think we could i think we could do some damn. I watched them yesterday, and their pitching staff is me, and yeah. they they've
0: they've got a good bullpen, but they're they are they infield need to get is to it.
1: Meh. yeah uh you know they've got Stanton and that's yeah, yeah, yeah I think there's um, a good shot there I yeah. think so- Oakland we probably come out better than. I've been watching Detroit... For some reason, I've watched a lot of Detroit games lately. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, mm. They're just always on when I turn on MLB sure. Network while I'm like doing something else in the background. It's always Detroit lately. <laughs> um, they don't look super great. Although Verlander and Fulmer... If we get Verlander and Fulmer, that's going to be tough. Um, especially if the Bats haven't quite woken up yet. And then Cleveland is going to be really hard. So... I would be really happy with them just ending April 500, but I wouldn't be totally surprised to see them a few games under that.
0: Yeah, I think so we have 26 games in April. Um, I'm sort of with you. I think they'll be around you know 14 and 12, 15 and 11, 13 and 13. So, you know, somewhere in that range. So you think they'll um, be
1: over 500?
0: I I think they'll be around 500. And if uh, maybe narrowly above, just because Texas and uh, the Angels are both still kind of getting healthy, uh, and oh, and Beltre's think, still out, right?
1: Yes, yeah. Beltre's
0: still on the DL, and I I'm pretty down on the Tigers, so I think that's a that's a good shot. But again, you know, three games at Cleveland doesn't sound like fun at any point in time. No, so yeah. Uh, thankfully, the schedule opens up a lot more in May. But I I, th- I think it's going to be a, a big thing for this team to be, you know, retain composure and, and you know, f- be able to adjust. Can uh, we also talk about,
1: sorry, can we also talk about how rough of an entry this is? Ten straight <laughs> games mm. against, seven of them against Houston. I mean, mm. that is, that's brutal, brutal before you have even a day off. That mm-hmm. is a brutal stretch and then another big long stretch four yeah. five six seven eight nine another 10 in a row so yeah oof, that is that's yeah. a grind
0: i think the the mentality should be survive april survive and thri- thrive in may
1: survive april thrive in may i like it it's catchy let's run with it
0: <laughs> all right final question of the of the afternoon um What will the batting average with runners in scoring position be by the end of the month? So, right now, we are... Oh, who gave you that question, by the way? Uh, That is also from Peter. okay. Uh, So, right now, we are sitting at... Let me make sure I've got this properly up here. Uh, A cool 083... (laughs) love it <laughs> love it not actually last in the league Two, who is 20, last tw- only 28 the phillies with a nice <sighs> 0. 59. oh jeez. but they have had less than half as many uh plate appearances in with runners in scoring position um and actually if you want to look at the positive the mariners are third in the league in plate appearances with runners in scoring position so yeah it's been frustrating at but some it would point be the
1: dam will break and indeed. we will start getting those guys in
0: indeed and so I think to to sort of tie that around I I think it'll be up to about league average I think it'll be around 280, 290 um, and should be actually above average this year simply because they're an above average hitting team um, and I don't know Kate what do you, what do you think
1: I would like to believe that. I am um, concerned about holes in the lineup. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm concerned about Martine. I'm concerned about Valencia, and ugly plate appearances, which is something that I thought we were going to get rid of when we got rid of <laughs> <Ketel> <laughs> Marte and Adam yeah. Lynn.
0: And we did. And we did get you know, in in terms of filling those holes, one for two. The, <laughs> the plate appearances and positions we filled are actually, I think, pretty good. The plate appearances the, in players that we thought would continue to have good plate appearances, a little shaker.
1: Oh, And, you know, Mike Zanino doesn't have a ton to show for his um, plate appearances in the yeah. Houston series, but he really mm. had some good ones.
0: Yeah, I think he looked fine. And uh, what I saw from Zunino made me feel fine that, you know, he's not going to be, you know, He's not Buster an auto po- out. He's not going to break into Buster Posey, but yeah, yeah. but he—it's it, sort of the—I have instinctively built up an expectation that, oh, it's a curve ball that starts at the knees. That's going to be a strike because he's going to swing at it. So perhaps I am a little bit overly excited every time he doesn't do something terrible. But when you have the power that he does, simply by not doing terrible things more <laughs> often, he allows himself the opportunity to do. The you know to how to maximize his skill set so that is encouraging.
1: Do terrible things less often. I can't believe that didn't get chosen <laughs> as the slogan for the team this Whatever year. Whatever it takes, <laughs> do terrible things less often.
0: It's about the same. Uh, so I want to I want to leave you with a, a fun huh, maybe fun little uh, comparison here because there's been a lot of talk about the Mariners and how they historically are atrocious with runners in scoring position, and how they have really struggled. And I think, you know, obviously right now, they, through 41 plate appearances and four games, are sitting at a negative 14 WRC plus <laughs> in those situations, which is, no, 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 we <laughs> don't want to do that. But... um I think it's worth looking at similar uh you know at the t- at this team historically. It is not necessarily predictive especially the further we go back, but is more indicative of where this mentality I think has come from and why we should be a little bit more uh laid back perhaps. So uh this very simple game I want you I'm going we're going to go back the last couple of years and I want you to tell me where you think the team ranked. Uh, uh-huh. In terms of WRC plus, uh, with runners in scoring position, so we'll start with last year. Where do you think they ranked in the league? I
1: think they were good. I th- I'm gonna say you, c- you can give me a top. You can give me a range. I'm gonna say the- top top half definitely, and mm-hmm. maybe just outside of the top ten. Mm-hmm.
0: So they were tied for sixth in the league. Oh wow! In terms of WRC plus with runners in scoring position and again i should preface this all by saying generally hitting with runners in scoring position is not a skill that has been proven to be different than hitting generally but there's this mentality i think that the mariners inherently are bad at it so i i wanted to look back at how they actually have been so being one you know in the top 10 uh you know sixth in the league with a 106 wrc plus um Pretty solid. That's good. Uh, 2015. Uh, not the greatest year for the Mariners as an organization perhaps they were struggling in this area as well Kate I believe you wrote actually a little bit about this uh, so maybe you have a general frame of where they might be coming in, he, in this.
1: yeah I think I was interested in uh, the Edgar effect the so called mm-hmm. Edgar effect and yeah. I believe I looked at this and saw that they had taken a pretty dramatic spike mm-hmm. upwards after he came on but yeah. um, and also in, in on base percentage too which was mm-hmm. something else I was looking at Mm-hmm. but they were pretty i don't know how much the edgar effect saw them through to the end of the year so let's say i don't know 23rd
0: they were 27th oh. um and they so were, close yes not for me not, not for them. particularly close <laughs> no or close for you yeah but and similar to that point um you know, I, I'm not looking at the splits during the season, but they were second to last in the league in on-base percentage uh, in these situations with 309. Um, you know, they had a what is it, An 86 wRC plus in 2015. So, Ow. yes, a bad year. So top 10 last year, bottom five la- uh, you know, two years ago, 2014, another good season for the Mariners. Where do you think they rank?
1: That was a good season, but I still don't believe that that was a particularly good team. Indeed, I think they and were they had a mentality, lucky. right,
0: of of being sort of the solo run. Yeah. You know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Masters. Oh, that's right. Solo homer master. I,
1: I would like to put them around in the twenties as well. I think maybe like maybe right at twenty.
0: They were 6th in the league again. Really? Indeed. Uh, We cannot be ruled by our our memories and the things they cling to. uh, They betray us every time. Well, that's Uh, a good lesson. In fairness, their on-base percentage was actually uh, 20th in the league there. But they had a knack for power and a knack for getting hits. So um, in the last three years, essentially, the Mariners have been a top... 10 team, top 6 team in the league uh, in WRC+, with runners in scoring position. So, uh, the last thing I will point to, and I understand, obviously, why many Mariners fans are upset and, and still have lingering pain, is that from 2010 to 2013, the Mariners were the worst team in the league for uh, hitting with runners in scoring position. They were the one of the worst teams in the league at hitting in general, but uh, over 5,800 plate appearances. They had an 83 WRC+. plus. that's
1: that's bad.
0: And, yes, it was worst in the league. They were the worst by pretty much every hitting metric. Um, So, I I understand those scars at the same time. (laughs) The only two hitting or position players still on the roster from the 2013 team are Kyle Seager and Mike Zunino. So, it's a different team, it's a different mentality, it's a different or, you know, different mindset. It is not the same old M's and maybe this team will continue to hit poorly with runners in scoring position, but they have good players and players that have no connection to those teams that disappointed us for so long. So, judge them on their own merits, I guess is where I'm at.
1: Well, that is a very good lesson, I think, and a good way to leave off for this particular episode. So this has been the Lookout Landing Podcast. Thank you so much for those of you who have listened. And we will catch you next week. Go M's.
0: Go M's.
1: It's what they need.
0: It's It's Coast the West that Coast. That it's what it is. Cross seas, uh, worldwide, it's
1: baby.
0: It's hey yo, we stuck in the time of drought. Nothing to rhyme about. Ghetto with crime on the grind. Pulling iron out. Industry crying out. Major labels buying
1: out. Who put the fire out? Real hip hop is dying out. Sound like the perfect time for raw set off the new beginning. Let me.